0: Welcome to an exciting new series of the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast. I'm your host, Riley Witt, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to Athlete Breakdown. In this episode series, we'll take a closer look at the running metrics that shape our athletes' performances, from classic VO2 max to lactate threshold and recovery rates. Our goal is simple yet important to help our athletes with actionable steps to make new heights by identifying areas for improvement and charting actionable steps to make that jump in performance. Whether you're a seasoned competitor or just starting your journey, these episodes are designed to offer practical advice that you can incorporate into your training regimen. So get ready to dive into the world of running metrics, science, and transformation. Join us on this journey as we unlock the secrets to reaching peak performance, one metric at a time. Hi Charlie, welcome to the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast. Hey, this is the you know the second in the series. I hope it's a little bit smoother than the last one. I don't think the last one went bad. I just wasn't super familiar with the the outline of this, but I think this is going to go well. How's your summer training been? Uh, season's just started. I'm guessing the first meet's coming soon. So, what can we expect from you out of the out of the gate?
1: Yeah, five or six days from now, next Monday, home meet at Ames gonna be a big big race for a lot of people but my summer's been going well it's been nice to finally train most people don't know but I was out for almost nine months sick so it's good to finally just be back and training hard again
0: if I remember correct you had COVID <laughs> and that took you out for a while yeah. walk us through that a little bit like uh, how did that COVID which you know some people are just able to get over it takes so long to mm-hmm. get back from
1: yeah, so last late August, COVID kind of ravaged our Ames team. And I didn't really know I had it. We were test everyone was testing like every day and I was feeling sick. So I was convinced I had it, but I never actually tested. And so the Ames meet rolled around last year. I was just feeling terrible, but I was like, I don't know if COVID, I'm fine. <laughs> and so I ran, broke sixteen, but felt just awful. And then the season kind of just went downhill. Well, then right after that, I got sick, sinus infection, came back from that. And then I was just in the tank and couldn't run anymore. And we tried to race and the season was just a disaster. And so eventually we found out I had long long haul COVID. And so that's basically just like you have the COVID symptoms, you have the fatigue, it messes up your blood work, but you're not actually sick with COVID. It's just you, you have COVID, but you don't. And so for cross country to pretty much the whole winter, I had that and then started training for track and then kind of just fell off another cliff. My iron dropped off again, which could have been from the long COVID. It just like wouldn't let me keep iron in my body. And finally, May to now, I've been able to have a healthy big block of training, which is really nice. And so I think the long COVID's out the window.
0: So now we can expect some big things um, for yeah. this season for sure. So yeah. interesting. I'd like to hit on that long COVID part. I don't know if we want to do that before or after. Let's do that after we go yeah. through like the data. I'm not entirely familiar with what causes long COVID. I haven't done a lot of research on that, so I'm not familiar. Yeah. But I do know that the the, the virus stays in the system longer it affects respiratory tissue differently so i i do know of some breathing techniques that help with that or help just get blood flow to the the lung tissue or just the the respiratory cavities that might be something mm-hmm. to look into a little bit or experiment with especially when it's it's just something you can do on top of running you don't have to do it instead of anything yeah so yeah, stay tuned to the end of this episode where maybe I'll touch on some of that stuff. But yeah, in this series, we we go through your data and see what they can do to get better. So I guess we can just jump right into it. I have your data pulled up here. All right. You've been tested like five times. All right. So I pulled up your data here. We had a little confusion with that, but um, it looks like you have a 78.1 VO2 max and a 0.67 VLA max. So it looks very, very similar to what I just did a podcast on. Able Squires yeah. like basically copy paste. You have a little bit higher VO2 max and a little bit lower VLA max. So you might be in a better spot, not to say that that can't be manipulated in any way. So we're looking at an athlete who is also a very powerful athlete, very strong aerobic system, but also a very strong anaerobic system. And the anaerobic system looks like it might be overpowering the aerobic system once again shocker crazy thing to see in high school athletics you know the the coaches i'm not like saying your coach does this or anything but sometimes the coaches like to you know give workouts with incorrect paces and the paces are too fast like it makes sense right we want to run as fast as we can in workouts to get better but that's not always the case there's purpose for every workout and a a way we want to move our fitness but again Mm-hmm. Not saying that your coach has done that, and I'm sure your coach knows what he's doing. It's just the nature of high school athletics. We race a lot, and that just is not ideal to training. So, Charlie, if you were to look at your data and you were kind of to put your finger on the pulse of what's going on and maybe what you need to do to improve what's what's your thoughts on your data?
1: Yeah. so from talking to you, talking to Ben and just looking at it, My data looks like something that would be ideal for if I was going into the track season. And so obviously that's not ideal for right now. But I think if I could just do like a lot of a lot of mileage, a lot of tempo threshold stuff, I think we just need to get the VLA down to be able to go at the paces I want to longer and cross.
0: I think you know the tempo threshold stuff is great. Mileage is great if it's done correctly. Like you want to yeah. obviously stay healthy, but then mileage at a slow, you know, slogging at 745 pace, which is very easy for you, is probably not super beneficial. We're gonna work on the aerobic system, but it's also at such a slow pace. That you're not really affecting the VLA max. And the purpose of those is either one, to recover from workouts, or two, suppress that VLA max while raising the aerobic capacity. It's kind of confusing, but you yeah. want to keep those easy runs a little bit quicker. Like I said, with Able, if you're able to keep them more so around seven flat, it's kind of an easy thing to do because the effort required to go from 745 to seven flat is probably not that much more difficult. You're probably raising your heart rate, you know, seven beats. Per minute or something, so you're going from 140 to 147 or maybe 150. Like, you're not going to notice much of a difference recovery wise, and for performance wise, you are going to notice a big difference. So nothing crazy. Don't be cranking, yeah. you know, 630s for easy runs or anything, but maybe a little bit quicker than yeah. eight flat or something.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely good because I've just thought a bit, thought about it as mileage, not really the pace.
0: Yeah, and then. I think one thing I wish I would have touched on more when I was talking to Abel and saying that the same point was you need to be self-aware of when to do that. If you have a moderate workout, an easy run, and then a moderate workout, you can probably, you know, use your easy run as seven flat instead of 745. But if you have a race or a workout, a easy run, and then a race, like super close together or something like that it's not time. It's not time to develop your aerobic system while suppressing your anaerobic system. It's time to recover, go easy, Mm -hmm. take it easy and just be smart with it. You know, you're a smart kid, you know what your body needs. So don't just take this as, you know, the rule of thumb, that's going to make you the best runner, you know, but yeah, just be smart with it. Yeah as my little disclaimer. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So, well, everything I said from the ABLE podcast can basically just be copy-pasted to what will help you. Now, I I don't want this episode or this series to be super repetitive, so I'm going to kind of switch variables. So uh, this isn't the only, this is and, like, but and instead of only. So if if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. So we're going to kind of go down a little bit. So we touched on VLA Max a lot on the last podcast. Um, we didn't really touch on VO2 max, but again, you have a very <laughs> top level aerobic power. Your VO2 max is, is really good. Um, it's not shining as much as it could because of that VLA. But mm-hmm. if we look down your anaerobic threshold is also very good. I don't really think we're going to touch on that much this episode, but I want to go down to, there's two metrics and they're lesser known and not talked about as much in the running space. So, we're looking at fat metabolism or fat max and carb max. So this is just the rates at which you're able to burn different fuels. So you have your macros, your protein, fat, and carbs. And when you eat those, they turn into energy or you know some building block to recover. Uh, protein you don't typically use for energy that's just for recovering muscle tissue and just you know breaking down into amino acids to use so you're looking at fat and carbs for your fuel for typical endurance runners they want to burn as much fat as possible and the more fat they can burn the more aerobic they are it takes more oxygen to break down fat into fuel so it's best for lower intensity aerobic work which you're training for a 5k you want to be Better adapted to use fattest fuel. While you're an anaerobic guy, you could probably crank out you know one fifty five eight hundred right now using all carbs. But we're not training for that anymore. We need to switch it over, use fat more. So, Charlie, if you were to give me you know a little synopsis of what your diet looks like, you know I might expose you here a little bit. But <laughs> what's like a, a three meal day for a, a typical day for Charlie?
1: Yeah. So usually after my run, I'll have like three eggs or so, some fruit and maybe some pancakes or some peanut butter toast. And then for lunch, it's usually between chicken breast or like a turkey avocado sandwich, some fruit, some veggies, granola bar, protein bar and some trail mix. And then I usually have a couple of snacks in there, like a smoothie or nuts or anything. I've always had problems with not eating enough, so I've been trying to eat whatever snacks I can find, and then dinner is usually some sort of protein, meat, potatoes, or something, broccoli, some bread, and then maybe something after.
0: And what time of day do you typically run? Are you a morning guy, or is practice in the afternoon?
1: It's been morning all summer, and still morning right now. And then, so we run at seven. So I've been eating at like nine or so. So do you eat anything before practice? I usually just have a tablespoon of honey, okay
0: now, I'm kind of going through what you're eating, and it sounds it sounds really good. I think you're doing you're i mean you're above ninety nine percent of the population, but probably ninety five percent of you know elite athletes like you. there's only a few things I would switch, but even less things I would switch to increase that fat max, one of which being if you're running in the morning, maybe just. Switch that tablespoon of honey for a tablespoon of like peanut butter or something. Switch the carbs before. Now only do that for like long run aerobic type work. If you're doing like interval type stuff, you're going to need that and you're going to have a terrible workout. If you don't, um, yeah. it's it's hard for me to tell people diet advice because if you're doing it for all activities it's not good advice, but if you're picking and choosing the advice for different activities, it's good if that makes sense. Um, So I'm I'm kind of struggling to find a way to make it work for you. So I would honestly leave your diet the same. Don't touch it. I don't want to mess anything up because it sounds like it's pretty good. It's almost ideal for what you're you're trying to do. So there are three tips that the inside, the software that we use at Accelerate says to increase fat metabolism and that's one lower carbs but I'm going to say don't keep yours the same keep that honey like I'm I'm going to retract my statement mm-hmm. and then to increase your VO2 max your VO2 max is really good and I think what you're doing is already increasing your VO2 max as much as it could you went from a 70 VO2 max last time you tested to a 78 VO2 max so 11.5% increase in VO2 max and like a little over five months so that's quite impressive and what you're doing is working so you know I'm gonna not even touch on the VO2 piece I think you're doing great things there so diet and, and VO2 you're good last tip and I think this is a good one you know you, you'll have to talk to your coach and stuff about this but you really want to avoid too much lactate accumulation what I mean by that is when you're doing like lots of VO2 reps or shorter high-intensity interval training you're accumulating lactate. So there's a pace at which you run to, you know, burn carbohydrates, and that's a decently fast pace. And then right below that pace is a pace where you you burn fat. Um, and you want to be in that zone as much as possible in workouts. So that would be, you know, sub-threshold work, tempo work that doesn't start out fast. Maybe it's more gradual. You start and it's kind of more progressing. The problem with maybe starting a workout with like some hill sprints or some intervals is you're producing lactate so you're in that carbohydrate zone producing lactate and then when you come down in pace and now you're in the fat max pace i hope i'm not losing people here you're in the fat max pace your body is going to be wanting to use the most efficient fuel and the most efficient fuel at that moment is the lactate that you've produced so normally you couldn't use lactate as fuel because you don't have any but because you've produced some in the early parts of the workout or just in the workout you're going to use that as fuel instead of fat is what you want to be using to lower that VLA max and increase fat metabolism. So I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I would say that from what I got from you is that especially for people like me, what you really want to do is that slower but still uncomfortable type of stuff. And then if you want to do some of the faster stuff, it's probably best to do it end of the workout or those hills. So you're not just using the lactate and you're trying to train the fat.
0: I think that was beautiful. Way better than what I said. Because anytime lactate is accumulating, fat will be pushed out of your metabolism. It'll pu- be pushed out of the aerobic metabolism and you won't be able to use it as fuel like as efficiently because you need more oxygen to burn fat as fuel. You know The carbs are good. The carbs are there for a purpose. It's just we're trying to manipulate things that will help your VLA max be suppressed. So I think I'm done with that point. So one piece that I didn't touch on in the ABLE podcast is your recovery rate. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be something interesting. Um, People often are a little confused when it comes to that stuff. So if you're looking at, um, I'll, I'll post something, a snippet of this on Instagram or whatever, but If you're looking at your lactate recovery and accumulation rates, you see a graph that looks like just a a little blurb, so like a little curved graph, and then there's a spike. So the curved graph is your lactate recovery, and your lactate recovery actually goes up the faster you run until a certain point. So there's a point at which you're burning more lactate than you are standing still. What's that mean? that's the exact reason we do easy runs that's the exact reason we jog in between reps so for workouts for you are you typically a guy who likes standing around in between paces or in between reps or do you like jogging in between
1: them i mean obviously like you want a lot of times to just stand but i feel like when i do actually just get up and run i end up feeling better in the rep so i've been doing a lot more of the jogging
0: yeah yeah So the reason you feel better, I'm sure you already know, but for the listeners, the reason you feel better is because you're able to combust more lactate and use that as fuel. Like we were just talking about, we use lactate as fuel. So when we're running at a slower pace and above resting, but below like obviously the repetition pace, you're burning more lactate than you're producing. So you're going to be at a better place blood acidity wise when you start that next repetition. So, you know, your respiratory rate's up, your heart rate's up. You're just burning more at that moment. So something that you could look at is, you know, using that time, the rest time to jog a little bit to instead of standing, because at standing pace, we can look here. Um, This might help a little bit. At standing pace, it looks like you're burning about 0.35 millimoles of lactate. That's a minute. So if you're standing there for like three minutes, you're burning a little bit less than one millimole of lactate. Now, if you're jogging at, you know, roughly eight minute pace, you're burning, you know, just about 0.7 millimoles of lactate. So you can shorten the rest about half if you're jogging instead of running. Sure, there's the mental aspect of we would love to be just standing still and not doing anything because that's giving our mind a break to stop thinking about running. We're able to just recover mentally. But if we're just looking at the physical piece, you're able to recover just about double if you're jogging,
1: Yeah.
0: But that, so let's move on to long COVID and recovery with that. Mm-hmm. What have you been experiencing? Have you been struggling um, respiratory wise at all right now? Or what were you experiencing when you were experiencing something like
1: difficult? So when that was really going on, I was feeling like aerobically super fit and like my heart rate and everything was really low. But I'd noticed my breathing was just slowly, slowly getting Hard, just harder to breathe, and that obviously affected everything. And then with the long COVID, I just for some reason just couldn't get iron in, couldn't absorb iron, and so that obviously just really made running difficult, and I was just always so fatigued. Now everything's looking up, but early this summer when I really got back to training and for like almost throughout July, I've just, I just had breathing problems, and I just didn't feel quite normal, like I was able to run the same, trained the same, but my breathing just didn't feel right. But now it's it's going well.
0: Good. Do you know what your le- iron
1: levels are? Um, mine is my ferritin's around one hundred and fifty now. Okay, so you were the worst I've been at was nine, I think. Yes. <laughs> so like da- dangerously unhealthy.
0: Yeah, that's like you could go up for a run and pass out. Like that's that's yeah. really bad. Yeah, 50. Passed, passed out. Oh, at our shoot. district,
1: our district meet. I just like. Cross the line i was our last guy (laughs) just fell into my dad's arm and like passed out (laughs) well
0: it it seems like you got that under control 150 is a very good range like mine is nowhere near that level and i've been supplementing for forever Mm -hmm. so that's good that's that's probably not an issue anymore it's like Mm -hmm. you're you're chilling with that but respiratory wise you feel like you're stronger now do you feel like you're back at 100 percent capacity what are you thinking with that
1: it's hard to say it's hard to even imagine where i was before mm-hmm. but in terms of where i was i feel like i'm near 100 percent but i feel like there's definitely room to improve like one thing i noticed that i always used to do is i'd like i'd be running i'd be able to take these big breaths and just like it just really make me feel better and these big deep breaths and now it's it's harder for me that's one thing i noticed so i don't think i'm quite at 100 percent.
0: do you feel yourself like i have a few teammates that i can just watch them do it feel yourself like adjust your posture every once in a while to get like a better breath like you're running and then you can, like either move to the side or like move up and you're just like <gasps> or or is that just like no i think i'm breathing fine it's just every breath isn't as uh, efficient as it could be
1: yeah i think it's more just like it's just not like as efficient, but a big thing is that, so I, I ran the majority of my summer runs alone. And so I was just constantly just thinking about my breathing, thinking mm-hmm. about everything, check, checking everything. And I think a lot of it was the mental and I was probably doing fine. And then now that I'm running with people, I don't think about it. So okay. that's definitely part of it.
0: I remember we were doing a mobility class with accelerate in my senior year or whatever. And, and the mobility Coach was talking about a statistic that said normal people only use about 40% of their lung capacity. Elite athletes, it might be around 50 to 55 to maybe 60 if they're like really elite athletes. So we're leaving a chunk of our lung capacity on the table. You know, if you were able to increase your lung capacity by 40%, even 20%, that's like an increase in maybe 10% of VO2 max would be huge like for you that would be more than six months of training and just like (laughs) a couple breathing exercises so Mm -hmm. i think if we could get some blood flow to the respiratory tissues and and work on that i think it's great so have you heard of wim hof at all
1: Mm -mm. not at all
0: Okay. So Wim Hof is this, this crazy guy that does lots of feats of endurance. He sits in ice baths for like hours on end. I think he has the world record or whatever. I don't know if he was the inventor, but he was someone who really coined the term or the breathing technique, cyclic hyperventilation. So he calls it the Wim Hof method. So it's like quickly breathing in and out for a range. So like it's around 30 to 40 cycles and then a breath hold. Yeah, there's lots of science that goes into that. But for you, I'm really just focusing on diverting some blood to the core and to those respiratory tissues and really clearing out any you know toxins that are in there. So, you know, after this podcast, look up Wim Hof method or cyclic hyperventilation and follow those routines. You can like do that yeah. every other day or even every day. It's, it's a little taxing to the body. Yeah. So that could be something to look into. Now there's a guy called Patrick McCowan. He's the author of Oxygen Advantage and he's wrote multiple courses on breath work. Look up his name and along with that, COVID recovery breathing techniques. He's got multitude of those that have been very effective at you know, long COVID and kind of enhancing lung capacity for athletes and, and normal people in general. So I think if we focus on that a little bit, you could see some minor improvements that turn into more than minor improvements if that makes sense especially if you're having issues with them so Mm -hmm. you know a little synopsis i think if you increase your fat metabolism a little bit by avoiding too much lactate accumulation before workouts so you're just easy run let's, let's keep that first mile easy let's not accumulate any any lactate. I'm not going to touch on lowering carbs. I think your diet is is very good and let's let's not change anything with that. VO2 max, you're doing what you can. Your workouts with your coach. We'll touch more on VO2 max in a, in a later episode, but that's looking good. But I think the biggest area of improvement for you is lowering that VLA max again. So whatever I said in the first episode, apply it to your training as well. And then those breathing techniques. I think that's going to yeah. that's going to make a big difference. But but other than that, do you feel like you're in a better spot now to make the next steps to have a good season?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's just really just staying motivated, not getting burnt out, keeping my iron up. I feel like those are really the big things that I need <laughs> to do. And otherwise, I just feel like a lot of things kind of take care of themselves.
0: Yeah. So I'm guessing we're gonna be seeing some big things from you this season. Are you willing to share some of your goals? Do you have big aspirations for this cross and, and upcoming track season? I know it's your your last go around, so
1: I don't know. I haven't really done much. Obviously for cross, I just love to get on the podium. Doing better than that would be awesome. But I just wanted to run some fast times, get on the podium. Cross isn't my favorite. And then track my big goal this year is I'm really just looking for one state championship and I don't know how realistic that is, but I'm going to do my best to make it happen.
0: I think looking at your numbers and your work ethic, that's definitely not too far out of reach. With some good training, and you'll definitely get there. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate your time today, Charlie, and best of luck this season.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on.
0: I love talking with athletes like Charlie. It's easy to talk about performance optimization when the athlete is so open-minded and actually willing to learn more and implement new things. If you found this episode helpful and think it would be interesting to look at your very own metabolic profile, contact us to hop on a call or go over to Instagram and secure us a time slot to get tested at the lab. If you like this episode or any of our other episodes, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify as that really helps this podcast grow We'll see you again next week on the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast.